Hovering high above them, Blythe and Charles both saw a rectangular platform and a man in a gray suit. Behind him was another portal which led to darkness. Blythe said, Charles! And the gray-suited man, whose skin was also gray, stood. Blythe? he said, and floated down toward them. Charles the Grey wore the form of Byron in his twenties, complete with the period suit. He was all shades of grey, except for his bright green eyes. He, Charles Reuben, and the twenty-nine-year-old mortal, whose name Charles Reuben now knew was Blythe Clara Elbakian, stood on a rectangle of tiles which floated near the edge of that first malachite-floored outdoor coffeehouse island with the three-story mirrored pyramid near the edge of one of its randomized geologic shapes. Behind Charles the Grey on the rectangle was another door to blankness, like the one Charles had learned not to put his head through. The twelve doors, or at least those which he could see, on the pyramid also led to nowhere, or wherever it was. Charles Reuben extended his hand. I'm Charles Reuben. I was named after you. Charles the Grey shook his hand slowly. I'm Charles the Grey. I was named after you. What? Blythe said. Charles the Grey laughed, and Charles Reuben was amazed. Charles the Grey said, Do you remember the Fathoms? Charles Reuben said, Yes. Charles the Grey said, In reality, I look like this, and snapped his fingers. Charles the Grey, as youthful Byron, was replaced in the blink of an eye by Charles's true Venusian, half-human, half-reticulan form. His eyes were all pupil, no iris or sclera, all black and larger than human. He was seven foot tall and mostly bald, with gray skin and out-of-place seeming brown hair in all of the appropriate places. He was naked and clearly male and evidently not Jewish. Wow, Blythe and Charles said simultaneously. Charles the Grey snapped again and returned to his favorite avatar form. He said, Venusians usually take on human forms when we interact in the free web. Blythe and Charles Reuben both started talking at once, being courteous, not to mention now hopelessly in love with the 16,000-year-old exo-dimensional barista simulacrum of Blythe at exactly this point in her life. Charles deferred. Blythe said, Simon Schwartz has been arrested and is now a drone. I can't free him without your help. Can you do for him what you did for me? Charles the Grey became very introspective and thoughtful. He put his hand to his chin made like as if he were about to speak, and then sighed, thinking. Charles Reuben timidly interjected, raising a finger. If I may? Blythe remembered how Charles was muttering over the coffee grinder earlier that he knew something about Simon being arrested and how to get him out. Charles the Grey said, yes? Charles Reuben said, it's just that I might be able to save you some time, which is of course important because of the living hell Simon is in right now. Every moment counts. Charles the Grey and Blythe were now both intensely interested, and Blythe said, go on. Charles Reuben said, 
Clara told me that Charles couldn't get the consent of the other Lincolns. The other Lincolns? Blythe said, turning to Charles the Grey, who looked embarrassed. Were you my Lincoln on that first day? She said. Charles the Grey laughed, and she hit him, and said, Now, first, can you explain Clara to me again? She looks just like me, but she's a fucking computer. God, I'm gonna be sick. Charles Rubin continued, It's because of this. It'll make sense in a minute. So, Charles Rubin explained that because immediately after Charles the Grey freed Blythe, Blythe started blowing things up, the Lincolns are going to hesitate to offer their help to Charles the Grey again. Then Charles will suggest taking Simon through the first three palaces of New Ancient Land, while you stand in as Simon's surrogate. While I stand in, Blythe said, that'll take forever. Charles the Grey said, let's do it, Blythe, as he said. Everything he said checks out, and every minute counts. We don't want him to be too far gone by the time we make the switch. Blythe nodded, and they both looked back at Charles Reuben. Blythe said, you were going to say something earlier, though. Charles tried not to stare at Blythe. She was identical to Clara in every way, except for her hair. Blythe's hair was flaming red and wavy and chaotic. Clara's was straight and brown and even. Blythe's face was red with blood, full of anger, ambition, some Martian force. Clara's face betrayed thousands of years of meditation, contemplation, and leading some multiversal Sufi tea ceremony. Blythe was so very human. Clara, not so much. But to Charles Rubin, much more human now, after what had... Earth to Charles, Blythe said, waving her hand in front of his face and snapping and clapping. Charles Rubin stopped staring at Blythe and turned to Charles the Grey. You said you were named after me. How is that possible? Charles the Grey said, You're famous. The Multiverse Traveler. You know the book you're writing right now will define multiverse cartography? Charles Rubin was stunned. I... What? He pulled his notebook out of his bag, the blank notebook that Isaac had given him, now only a few pages full. You remember the Fathoms, Charles the Grey said. I do, Charles Rubin said. Charles the Grey turned around to the door to nowhere behind him and placed his right hand to the right of it in that familiar way, and the scene on the other side of the door faded from nothingness to mountainous green landscape, pine trees, and a light snowstorm. Charles the Grey said, This is Venus in my time. This is where I grew up. Charles Rubin and Blythe looked in amazement at the Venusians on the other side, half-human, half-reticulans, looking much as Charles the Grey looked when he had snapped and revealed his true form before. It worked, Charles Rubin said. It did, Charles the Grey agreed. When I was young, I climbed Maxwell Montes, where local legend had it you had appeared. I found the cup you dropped. I dropped my cup! Charles Rubin exclaimed as the pieces all began to fit together. Charles Rubin noticed Blythe was distracted and said, You both have to go free Simon now. Can you open a door for me back to where I came from? Charles the Grey smiled and said, No, but you can. You didn't know? Charles Rubin thought about it and said, Oh! Approached, put his hand up beside the door, closed his eyes and nothing happened. So he opened his journal up to the first page, 
where he had drawn the trigintisex numerals of that first island he came to, the one that leads to the den. He saw the island there on the other side, the malachite floor, the tables, the people. He turned and said, It was a true honor meeting you, Blythe. He bowed awkwardly and shook her hand. Right about today when you get back, Charles the Grey smiled. It was an honor to meet you, my namesake. The honor was mine. Your coffee house changed everything, Charles Reuben said. Well, I'm glad it worked. I haven't even turned the thing on yet. Thanks for the spoiler, Charles the Grey said and winked. Charles returned to the coffee house as it is today, 16,000 years later. He sat down by the fire on that island and waited for Clara. When she appeared, she wore black and silver, necklaces, earrings, and gothic dragon and skull rings. He had never seen her this way before. She smiled at him brightly and sat down. You know, I remember everything. Charles blushed, and blood rushed in elsewhere as well. I... I do too, he said. So, where have you been? she said. Charles Rubin told Clara about his adventure, meeting her, or rather human her, the her that she was based on. Do you remember it too? Charles asked. Clara laughed. I do, and I've been waiting a long time for it to happen for you, so we could finally talk about it. I thought you were such a creepy weirdo back then. They both laughed and laughed. Charles drank his chai and switched to something with a little more kick. Vegan white Russians. She neglected the other patrons of the island until they left. They were intertwined like vines when Charles Rubin heard a voice. It reminded him of Blythe and that it was just like Clara, but angry. He looked over at the pyramid and was a bit shocked to see on the other side of the door Clara as she was when he had left her with the pink 60s waitress thing, the roller skates and gum, with her island there behind her. Wrong fucking Clara, Charles! Charles looked awkwardly back and forth between her and the gothic Clara he was currently drunk and intimate with. Charles thought about it, and, frowning with a great and overwhelming confusion, separated himself from the now very sad and gothic Clara, and obediently returned to the Clara from the night before. Hi, I'm Edward Reed, producer, author, and voice of this podcast. Thank you all for listening to The Coffee House, an Interdimensional Odyssey. Music was provided by Paul Leonard Morgan, John Berry, Stellar Drone, and Kevin McLeod. As is mentioned in Episode 1, Charles the Grey is credited with the creation of the Interdimensional Coffee House. And Blythe, of course, is the human which our favorite barista was copied from. For more about their story... I recommend my other sci-fi podcast. It's called The New World Empire. You can find it on iTunes or at edward reebcom forward slash N-W-E. And that's E-D-W-A-R-D-R-E-I-B. And make sure you put B as in brother, not D as in David. 
www.nwe.com forward slash NWE, as in New World Empire. We'll pick up next time here on the Coffee House Podcast, where we left off with the interdimensional adventures of Charles Rubin. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs>